welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We're excited to be back with you again today. We're going to be talking about honesty and openness in therapy. Because this is kind of a thing that I wouldn't say it can be frustrating. Okay, I'll just say it can be frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, be honest. (laughs) That's right. Thank you for holding me accountable. Being honest in therapy is something that, you know, we're, we as therapists are, are used to doing this. We're, we're used to being that direct and that honest with people because we see what it's like when people are not honest and we finally get to the honesty. And so we're like, can we just cut to the chase and get to it? You know, we're we're sitting in the chair going through that all the time, but, but people who are coming in for therapy aren't doing that all the time. They don't have that experience and they might not take quite the the direct honest look into their psyche their thoughts their feelings their behaviors as often or as clearly as we do so i think a lot of people come in feeling frankly kind of uncomfortable like oh man i've got to expose this stuff to a stranger what are you going to think about me um are you going to judge me um you know are you going to tell me i'm crazy all kinds of things which are perfectly natural and normal because you know, as a human being in your everyday life, that's what you would say to another person. Um, but that's also why therapy is a different beast altogether, because that's not our job. Our job is not to judge someone, to uh, reject someone, to tell someone they're crazy or whatever. Our job is to really look at things as objectively as possible, to care about you, to give you feedback and guide you in the direction you want to go. It really is not helpful at all to us to have any kind of judgments. It just it's not who we are. It's not how we want to be. And it doesn't help the process. So with that said, we want to break into this topic of why is honesty and openness important? In fact, I would say essential to the therapy process. And what does that even look like? So let's get started with with honesty. So when you think about honesty, Nathan, what does that even mean? And what does that look like in therapy when someone is not honest and then we'll kind of break down like, okay, what would that look like to be honest? I think there's varying, there's different degrees of honesty in the sense that there's stuff that people just don't know about themselves. Um, and there's things that, you know, you kind of intuitively think could be something that's valuable or true, but you also hope it's not. So you don't want to say it and then make it real. Like if you think you might have a drinking problem, for example, it's really hard to say, I have a drinking problem, but you might beat around the bush. The therapist, on the other hand, and this is kind of what you were speaking to a little bit um, in the beginning, some of us, not, not all therapists have the same personality type, right? But some, one of the main types has, is intuitive. And we can be intuitive and think, man, there's something I feel like the guy wants to say, like something I don't know. And, and so you're, you're trying to figure this out. As a therapist, and the person's kind of just not willing to to go there, but your intuition as a therapist with years of experience, you start thinking like, I know what it is. (laughs) But the thing of it is, is that until you say it, 
um, we don't actually know what it is. Yeah, and I would say for younger therapists or people who are less experienced, they might not necessarily have the intuition that there's something there, but what they would say is something just doesn't really make sense. They might be helping the client in a particular direction. It's not really going anywhere. They think they've got good ideas, and, and they're probably right. They've got some good tools or whatever they're doing, but it just doesn't seem to be dealing with the right problem. And it's like, what's going on? And usually it's because there's something else going on that the client is not saying. Yeah, it's hard um, because I think of of like in this example I'm kind of giving a lot of times when you don't really want to believe that it's there, like you want to be like, no, it's probably okay. And you just don't want to say it out loud. You also don't want to be branded and viewed as this alcoholic that you have inside your brain where you're stumbling down the street homeless wearing clothes for like three months. Or right. Whatever. <laughs> like, right. It sounds more like Tom Hanks from Castaway. <laughs> yeah, like, Wilson! <laughs> Sorry. Not the virus. <laughs> yes, not the virus. Not the virus. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So there is an aspect of this where the therapist will have that intuition and then try to essentially help you be honest with yourself and kind of like come alongside because a lot of why we avoid being honest is because we're ashamed. We're already hard on ourselves, and we don't really know. We don't really want to. It's like admitting to yourself like, well, I'm a horrible person. This is what I do. And your therapist does not think you're a horrible person. It actually has not occurred to them that you're a horrible person. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying in the intro there. It's that, you know, people, I think generally what exactly what you're saying, they have these ideas about themselves. And this is a very normal human thing. We think, well, this is how I feel about myself. So if you heard this therapist, then of course, you would think the same thing as me, because it really what I think about it is awful. And of course, it's awful. So you're going to think it's awful as well. But the reality is, you're going to be harder on yourself than somebody else is going to be. And our job as therapists is to come alongside you with compassion and see that, yeah, it might actually be what you think it is. The problem might be what you think it is, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean all of the things that you think it means, like all those personal things, like you're not a horrible person, evil person, you're not beyond repair or um, out of touch with reality. It just means you've got this issue. You maybe haven't understood it. You haven't seen it as clearly before. And quite honestly, it's shocking to you or it's. Uh, scary, it's ugly, and you just have to come to terms with that before you can actually do something about it. Yeah, to be honest, I actually can't wait for somebody to say something like that because I want them to experience not the shame. I know. Like, Isn't that weird? I know. Like, I'm like, go say, say, <laughs> right. I love you. I want to care for okay, you. Okay, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, I judge people and call everyone names. All right, let me hold you, make you feel better. That's not happening. <laughs> but there is this like kind of excitement on my side to like, oh my gosh, if this person can can say this, they can experience actual care in a place where they've hurt where they've hurt the most. Yeah, and and care, but also freedom. There's a ton of freedom that you feel when it's like, okay, here it is. It's just out in the open. I'm not carrying it around. I'm not carrying it around by myself. I'm not thinking whatever it is I think about it, but I can actually put it out there and see what it is in reality and then get that care. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking of a person that this is kind of switching a little bit. There are people out there that are super honest. I mean, they are just they just blurt it out. 
And and quite frankly, they're so easy to work with. <laughs> right. <laughs> I worked with this guy. He struggled with dues and drugs and stuff, but that's actually not why he was seeing me. Um, he came in for a different reason, and I was taking the risk of like, well, he's processing this other stuff, and he's being totally honest about what he's doing. And um, he goes like, it's so funny. I said, well, tonight is, is your plan to do drugs? He goes, yeah, it's not my plan, but I'm going to totally do it. <laughs> and I said, I was like, what? And then he told me, and this is amazing. He goes, um, he goes, here's the thing. If I go in, he goes, and he told me this whole scheme that he did on how that he got extra um, opiates from like a hospital. And he's like, the first time, all you have to do is this. And then you call him up. Oh, I did blah, blah, whoops. And then they refill it. Sorry, we're bleeping all this out. Yeah, I'm bleeping it out. So you have no system. <laughs> exactly. You can't know the secret. <laughs> right. And so, and then all, all of a sudden this happened. I did this. By the whole time I had 290 pills. He goes, you really think I'm not going to do anything with 290 <laughs> pills? I'm like, they gave you 200. <laughs> and the thing of it is, do you think I believe him? Yes. I totally believe everything he's saying. He is so blunt, honest about it. And, but the other time of it was, I knew when I, when we could challenge him about something, he would say stuff like, you know what? Um, okay. All right. I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. And I would know like, this guy's actually going to do it. Like the change process was a lot more clean, which is kind of an irony um, when you say it like that, <laughs> but it's helpful. So one thing I would encourage is, and I've told people this actually in the other example that we were talking about, we're not really intentionally doing the drug and alcohol thing here, but I guess that just happened um, is to just blurt, just say it, like bring it up. Like it's kind of the, you know, like, you know what, this is what I think. And I hope I'm wrong. Even if you said that, even if you were to say, the full part of it because that's honesty right it's you don't want to i don't want to tell you this but i probably should because i don't want to believe it so here you go right and i think kind of alongside that sort of a you know a sister kind of a comment to that would be when people um, are filtering what they're trying to say instead of just saying like well i don't exactly know how to say this and it's like it doesn't matter just say it it doesn't matter how it sounds and it's not that's not just being honest or whatever, like um, I'm I, I'm going to admit that I'm an alcoholic or whatever. It's more like if I'm thinking a thought or if I'm feeling a feeling or I but whatever it is about, you know, something about myself. It's instead of just saying it exactly how it sounds in your brain, exactly how you're thinking it. I think we often try to filter it because we want to convert it into something that's a more acceptable version. But then the problem with that is we're not really being honest with ourselves about what it is, what the thought is. It's like, you know, um, my sister did this and and I told her, well, I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm like, well, did you say that? And like, yeah, something like that. I would ask, well, what exactly did you say? <laughs> because oftentimes <laughs> what actually happens, what actually what you actually thought is a very different thing than what you what you're telling me right now. And and maybe what you actually thought, what you actually said was. <laughs> was something more like, what are you doing? That's stupid. Like, okay, that's your thought. You thought that exact thought that you're stupid. Maybe you even said that. And maybe that's how you communicate. The point of this honesty thing is once we put it on the table of what you're actually thinking, what you're actually feeling, what you're actually doing or going to do or not going to do, like somebody says, yeah, I'm not going to do that when I suggest journaling. They're like, nope, I hate journaling. I'm never going to do that. Okay, it's off the table. We're not I'm not going to force you to do something you're not going to do. What that does is it helps us to deal with what's what's really real. Um it helps us to see what's what we're actually working with 
so that we can do something with those tools or those manipulate those variables, so to speak, instead of trying to start a car battery that just completely dead. Like there's no point in trying to operate on something that is completely inoperable. It's interesting. What I thought of when you were saying that is uh, this, what I'm going to call ghost culture, which is this whole thing that's going on. And you probably, probably already know where I'm going with this is that like in dating, you just ghost people like, and you kind of know it, like what's going on? Well, I've been ghosted. Is that where you put on like the white sheet and cut the holes in the, the eyes? No, no old man. That's <laughs> so everybody knows what I'm saying, but you. <laughs> so, but wouldn't you, sometimes you probably don't care. Like if somebody does that to you, but sometimes you, you actually want to know, like, totally. did I do something weird? Like what, like what actually is it? Because you think something about that, that was okay. And you don't understand what's going on. And imagine now as a therapist, we're sitting there thinking like, I thought that things were going like, okay, but like this person isn't really changing that much and they're not really interacting very much. I don't understand what's happening. Or even they do the ghosting thing where they say, um, I'm not going to come in for therapy anymore. Thanks for your time or whatever. And well, they usually don't say that. They usually just. Yeah, they actually ghost. Well, sometimes they will just say, please cancel my appointments, you know, thanks oh, for yeah, your time. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, what the heck? What, what happened? Is, <laughs> right. is it something I said, you know? Yeah, I will say this. It's not good if your therapist ghosts you. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a therapist listening, don't do that. Please don't do that. I was thinking of like that. This person called recently. Hey, I think I fell off your scheduling. (laughs) And it's true because they kind of would like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. And so one of us thought the other one was going to circle back Mm -hmm. and then it didn't happen. But anyway, that's kind of what I was thinking for that. But the other piece of this is, I mean, we've talked about the honesty component. There's also this idea of being open. What kind of bridges that gap for me, when I'm supervising clinicians, we do supervision a lot here, both Aaron and I, and um, I'll have people, and I think Aaron does this too, we basically, we'll basically open it up and say, okay, what kind of clinical issues do you guys want to talk about? And what I want you to do first is, is I want you to give us the question, the problem that you want answered. And that always feels weird because to people because it's like, well, they want to give you context first. They want to know like all these different things that, that make up it. But the reason why I do it is because when the person says like, I need to know whether or not um, this person is asking for a recommendation of, of how, how to parent their child in this situation, and I'm not sure what actually to tell them. Okay, they start there. Now, as they present the context, okay, this is like a... A thirty-year-old woman. She's a single parent. Blah 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 blah. Going off. And as as they are presenting that now, I am the therapist thinking clinically about this problem up front. So I'm trying to understand the context and the relation to that problem, which means that the therapist is not is not having to. I'm looking at it fresh. It means that I get to look at the situation fresh and I get to ask the questions. Some of those questions that I'm asking the therapist, they might even realize, oh, I didn't even think to ask that. Like, why are you asking me that? Well, because you said X, Y, Z about the context. And so, and they're, they're like, oh, and even then they might realize like, okay, well, I don't, I, my question's answered. And all I did is ask a question. <laughs> right. All you did was explore the context a little more from a different perspective. Right. So it kind of that same idea, there's an openness idea in that, and there's honesty, it kind of bridges the gap. But the openness is just to say, you could try that. You could try that with your therapist and say, this is what I'm really trying to figure out. Um, I don't know how to X, you know, like you may have, this is something that could be quite frankly random. It doesn't have to be in the beginning of a therapy process. It could be you not really sure where therapy's going. Maybe this has got a little stagnant. 
and you have some stuff running around in your mind, you haven't really settled on anything. And then what you do is you just kind of be open about that. Like, okay, well, here's the deal. I don't really know where we're going with this. I'm not sure what to say or do, but these are kind of the things running around in my mind that I feel are pressing, but they're not like so pressing, you know, but you have something to work with starting there. Yeah, that's really good. I think I would add to that. One of the things that I do with my supervisees is I will ask these five whys questions and it always catches them off guard. And it's funny, they think they've gotten to the bottom of it. They're like, I know what you're going to ask me, like why this? And so I asked the client that and then here was the answer. And they're like really proud of themselves Mm -hmm. of like I asked. I mean, they're not counting and I'm not literally actually counting. Like once you get to the five, it's just it's just kind of a rough estimate of like getting to the bottom of the problem or whatever. So they'll say like, oh, yeah, I asked that question and got this answer. Ha ha. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Good job. You know, it's you took it from face value and you went deeper a couple of times. And that makes a lot of sense. Do you know why that happened or why that is so hard for them or why that's so significant? And they're like, oh, whoops. (laughs) But that's that's what this openness thing is all about. When you when you keep digging, when you keep asking questions and staying curious you can discover so much more about what's going on than you even realized was even possible. So many people start, they just take things at face value. We look at something and we say, this is what it is, but it's not because it has a, it, this is what it is as it relates to this other thing that has this meaning that impacts me in this way, that connects with all of my issues, all of my struggles. And that's why this whole thing is so difficult for me or why I'm bringing it to therapy. So that openness thing is like exploring all of those different levels or what all those things are connected to that I don't even know as a client. I don't even know as a person necessarily what's inside me or how it's connected unless and until I can bring it to somebody else like you, a therapist, and you can start asking me the questions that maybe I didn't even know I should have been asking. Maybe some of you folks out there are kind of um, professional clients in the sense that you you have mental health disorders, which is why you're listening and you're like trying to look for a new handle or whatever. Um, there, you probably know enough to know how the theoretical approach of the therapist is, for example, cognitive behavioral therapy or something. And you you have a you have a predictive brain in the sense that you think I know what my therapist will say, and so I'm just going to go ahead and do X Y Z up front. Which means that it's possible that, for example, they're like take um, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. Maybe there's um, a particular thing that you're obsessing about that you've never said because you're scared to say it. And you're trying to apply the principles that your therapist already has taught you to that, which probably have worked okay. But for whatever reason, it's not that great on that one you're not sharing, but you also don't necessarily want to share it. Share it. It's, it's probably because there's something about that that you're not understanding. And so you just want to be open about that. I mean, think of everything you've already told your therapist at this point. I mean, um, you're pro- <laughs> when you really think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess they probably know everything anyway. Yeah, no, this reminds me of, um, I mean, it's kind of the honesty piece, but um, it's also a bit of that openness side, too. I remember working with a guy for probably a couple of years and we made some good progress on a bunch of things. But at the same time, it was like, man, why? It seems like there's still something going on. It's like you take your car to the mechanic and they fix a bunch of things. And it does seem to run better, but there's still that noise, whatever that noise is. And it's like, what the heck is that thing? Well, I remember it was one of those doorknob moments where on the way out, he grabs the doorknob and he's like finishing, you know, telling whatever story he's saying. And he says something about like, 
oh yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's probably because there has some, something related to my uncle molesting me when I was a kid or something. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh yeah, didn't I tell you that? <laughs> oh like, my gosh. No, you've never told me that in two years. And he's like, well, I thought I did. And we talked about it. He wasn't intentionally withholding it, but it was, it, as it turns out, it was one of those things that psychologically he just kind of had blocked it in his mind. And then he had thought in his own head that he had shared it and we had, you know, addressed it somehow, but we really hadn't. That's not always the case, you know, where it's like you're blocking something or whatever, but um, just being open to see, oh, yeah, I wonder if it's related to this or or as you're being open, you can, in fact, discover things that you might have forgotten about. And it's not always going to be like I, you know, had some major trauma that happened to me, but it might be something significant like, oh, yeah, there was this time where this happened to me with you know, so-and-so at school and wow, that really changed me. I didn't even think about that. I think the reality is too, with that actually happens a lot with PTSD in my, uh, with my, in my experience. So that when somebody has decided, like as a client, if you've decided to be open to your therapist, you are going to, you probably are making some assumptions that they kind of know everything about you, so to speak. I do find it pretty regularly though. And I just wanted to point this out before we close up that with trauma, do not assume that you've told your therapist everything because what happens is you will, you kind of, your mind like wakes up and then you become aware of these things and you don't, you probably may think that your therapist already knows this stuff because you've told him, but just check in, try to be open about it and say, have I actually told you about XYZ? I don't have a clear memory of doing it. I have more have an expectation. Yeah. And that's a really good example for what happens. I think for general, the general population um, for people, even that don't have trauma, it's the same thing, but with like less intense or less traumatic kinds of thoughts or memories or whatever. They might just be things like, is this even important? Um, they might think it's not, you might think it's not really important, but we hear it and I'm like, whoa, that explains a lot. And you're like, really? Yeah. Be open about that because you never know what's going to be impactful or connected or maybe be so- something that sort of holds the keys to your, your healing and your growth. Yeah. We thank you for listening and remember to check your assumptions at the door. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 